The views and opinions expressed in the following episodes are those of the individuals and are not meant to insult or offend anyone. Jeez, dark and gloomy much? Are you trying to be an edgelord? Well, then how should I put it then? I don't know. How about... We come in peace. We mean no harm. We may spoil some things. We may swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone, Michelle here. And Owen as well. We wanted to take a minute to talk to you about our favorite podcast, Dark Veil. Yes. Each Monday, John and Tori lift the veil on some of the darker sides of life. From urban legends to spontaneous human combustion. Ooh, don't forget abducted in plain sight and the Mandela effect. Yes, dear. And so much more. If you're into learning about these and more, then tune in every Monday to... Podcast Podcast and and Chill! everyone and welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host Michelle. And I'm our co-host Owen. And today our episode is about Warhammer 40k but just the tabletop part of it. For the Emperor! (laughs) Yeah. So yeah we were doing a quick little check back and uh, our fourth uh, main episode was based on this. So. Well it was based on Warhammer 40k right? Yeah it was based on Warhammer 40k and just to kind of make sure it's not a carbon copy, I wanted to dive a little bit more into the hobby aspect of this, um, the whole genre and everything, and uh, maybe a little less on the lore. Okay. So, okay, now, recently, um, with everything kind of opening up and stuff, I uh, went by the bad store, as I kind of name it to Michelle, because I can end up spending way more money than budget uh, is allowed in the budget. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but I went there and I picked up, um, you, I got you a little gift. Yes, you did. I got you some Jetpack, uh, Sisters of Battle, or what was the name of that box set called? The, uh... Seraphims? No. The Adepta Sororitas. Yeah, that's the book, but the models are, they were kind of like that angel-human hybrid name thing. Oh yeah, Seraphim then. The Seraphims, yes. Um, And yeah, you you seem to light up quite a lot. Like, you were pretty excited when I got you that. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, the whole... Uh, model kit that came with it so there was a bunch of swords with them and a bunch of guns and stuff and we kind of had to decide what you thought uh, you wanted to make. Did you want to make the ones that would hack and slash or the ones that would bring down the Emperor's holy fire from on high? Mm-hmm. And uh, you went for uh, guns blazing. Yeah. And yeah, so now when you first saw the box what did you think? Sweet, I get to paint some things. <laughs> oh, good, because uh, you definitely didn't have the first thought I, uh, I had when I saw a box set of bugs. I was kind of thinking, oh, man, look at that detail and all the little stuff that's going on. You know, it's like, I can't wait to make them look like this. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, wait, I don't know how to make them look like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been a lot of tricks and stuff that uh, I picked up over the last ten or so years of playing this game that uh, has definitely helped you out a lot, I can... Oh, yeah, I'm not definitely, like, by no means am I a natural artist or painter. (laughs) But um, I do enjoy, like, picking up a paintbrush and painting stuff. Um, Especially stuff like that, because you don't have to, like... Like, I'm not trying to draw anything or whatever, I'm just painting. Yeah, the detail's already there, you just want to highlight it. Yeah, and stuff. So that's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, a lot of the tricks that you've shown me have been really helpful for sure. And stuff. The only part I don't... I should say I'm not looking forward to is uh, gluing them together. Yeah. you like To me, that's actually one of the funnest parts because you can kind of make them uh, have certain poses and stance. 
like um, there's uh, you can make one look like they're going all like you know guns pointed in one side going um, looking like um, John Wick yeah or you can have the other one looking like uh, you know it's like guns pointing up kind of thing because she just ran out of ammo on that one but pointing the other one forward and mm -hmm. ready to shoot whatever's in front of her yeah no for sure I'm just uh, more afraid of paint or of gluing myself to myself <laughs> than actually gluing the models together so yeah don't worry you won't pull a Jason Biggs not with me around oh good <laughs> yeah the glue that I did get because um, I did have some plastic glue from a company called tester and it's good glue, it's just I think it's because it's old glue that I have. Yeah. That it was becoming very stringy and was making a lot of spider webs and stuff with it. So, was not uh, something I'd recommend using on your the fine detail of your sisters. Yeah. So, I picked up also a thing of metal model glue, which is uh, a very fast acting one that bonds the two pieces together very fast. But, I know from personal experience... That stuff will stick to your skin, harden, before you have a chance to try to wipe it off. Ah, Even enough. if you're like, I don't care, wiping on my pants, and it's it's already hardened. Yeah. And, yeah, there's the just that whole fun of it. The thing I'm actually most looking forward to is seeing your sisters uh, fully completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we do have a Facebook page that... Um, I would actually think would be maybe quite interesting for our fans to check out and see the models that you finished up painting. Yeah, once I have them done, I'm definitely going to post them on there. Um, so yeah, feel free to come check us out on Facebook at Little Nerdy. Also, almost forgot. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out to our friend Black White Check. She did all of our original music. Yep, the intro and outro. So you can find her details and stuff in our show notes. Yep. Okay, now here's the fun thing about it. So you have five jetpack sisters. Yeah. Now that'll you know that is a great what's known as a fast attack troop choice because they're obviously they move fast and they attack. Yeah. So the thing though that so there's a new rule book out, core rule book out that came out ninth edition. Uh -huh. And I know you were kind of wondering is like well if they keep releasing a new edition every year or so. And I think the last time they had 8th edition was actually about 5 or 6 maybe or so years ago. So it's not like this is uh, something that comes up far too frequently. But right when I was about to pick up the last edition of rules that I didn't have, because I hadn't played it with anybody for a while, is uh, they were about to release the new 9th edition rules the next day. And the manager at the store was nice enough to make sure that I knew that and didn't end up buying a book uh, for nothing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And like I said, so it, obviously this is going to be one of those hobbies where it's like we kind of set a rule in place for both of us so we don't end up spending a lot of money on this, is we don't buy anything new until we're done everything we have to paint. Yeah, which for me, that's not bad. I got five models to paint and put together. You, good sir, have a lot to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I opened up two boxes of Chaos Space Marines that I'm turning into my Iron Warriors because uh, I finished up my uh, Warsmith. Um, it was actually an interesting little combo guy. Uh, he originally was supposed to be Haroran Blackheart, uh -huh. leader of the Red Corsairs, who's a Chaos Space Marine guy. And I read his like the story on him, and I didn't. I found it interesting, but I didn't really like it. I like the Iron Warriors better, mm -hmm. but the model I thought was interesting, but I also kind of found his, because he has his right hand out, and it's kind of a downward, like he's kind of just like letting something fall out of his hand versus like being menacing, so uh, we can put the picture up on our Facebook page. Yeah, we'll put the picture of what he looked like and then what you d did. Yeah, so... But you basically... I cut his uh, wrist off and turned his hand 180 degrees, so now he looks like he's menacingly, like, fireballing towards somebody. And his uh, head, because in the lore, he, like, was just on the edge of uh, what's called a melt-a-bomb explosion. Something that's supposed to destroy tanks was supposed to kill him, but he just ev evaded it enough to survive. But he did not come out unscathed. His face is just... It looks like something from a zombie movie. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really a big fan of that face either, because 
you know, Hanzo's been in some serious wicked battles and stuff with Titans overhead firing guns the size of, uh, that fires projectiles the size of tanks. But, you know, he was, rel he has not suffered any, as far as I know, any facial trauma. So Sorry, who's Hanzo? Hanzo is, uh, the new warsmith of the Iron Warriors in the Graham McNeil books. Ah. So, I've read pretty much as much as I could about, uh, that whole... Uh, Uriel Ventress from the Ultramarines and Hanzo from the Iron Warriors. I've read uh, almost everything he has out, and yeah, it's just the, he's such a great uh, author, as I've said in the previous edition. So I wanted to make an Iron Warriors army. So I didn't really like the zombified head on this Horon Blackheart guy. So I also cut off his head and actually gave him a horned helmet. So he actually looks like, you know, he's ready to go into battle in case a stray shot, you know, hits him in the side of the head. It's not going to just one shot KO him. Mm hmm So fixed that all up and made him look the way I wanted to. It's uh, quite different than the other thing. It's not as good as, like, in my opinion, like, the model that, like, that Games Workshop painters did. They can do an incredible job. Like, I don't know the techniques they use or how long they spend on these models, but... They just make these things look so realistic, and mine, I feel, still looks like something a seven-year-old did. Mm, I don't think so. I like yours. I mean, I definitely put a lot of effort into it, but at the same time, I didn't put in, like, uh, some of my Black Templars. Like, one model, I made this guy a uh, Space Marine killer. Mm -hmm. Like, his pist he's got a plasma pistol that's supposed to, like, just punch through Space Marine armor and Terminator armor. And he's got a power sword that ignores all armor saves, so the only save you have against him is invulnerables. And he's just a whirlwind of death uh, running from spot to spot and slaying people in the crusade for the Emperor. Mm. Cool. And I think I spent probably in total over 20 hours painting just that one guy, getting every detail, giving him... You know, nice, like, you know, black dots for the eyeballs and stuff like that. Like, high detailed. Mm. Uh, he's somewhere in my model uh, box sets and stuff. Like, I actually have him tucked away in some styrofoam and stuff to keep him nice and safe so he doesn't get scratched up or broken. Yeah, well, and since you built us that uh, nice shelf, we'll be able to put some of your stuff up. Yeah, we will. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, a lot of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, back to your sisters. Okay. Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, no, nothing. Just what would you like to know about my sisters? Well, it's just the whole... So, we've kind of been also reading through the book on the lore of your sisters, which they're... Yeah, we've only gotten a few pages in before you pass out, because you like uh, me reading to you. Yeah, your voice is soothing, and it puts me to sleep, and I... I mean, I'm, I haven't been feeling well the last few days, so... She falls also, asleep super easy. <laughs> that also super helps, yeah. Um... With the sleeping is when I'm already not feeling well, and then your soothing voice is reading me things. Yeah, so she's just out after, like, I get through, like, three paragraphs, and she is snoring. Hey, now. Okay, sorry, not snoring, but she is unconscious and doing the old leg twitch. I am a lady. I don't snore or do any weird things in my sleep. Okay. Yes, dear. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's just leave that uh, for a subject for maybe a debate without hate. Uh, maybe. So, yeah, um... I'm kind of curious as to what would you feel like you'd want to tackle next because we did, there's the tanks and then there's more troop choices you can do. What are you kind of feeling like from everything that I've told you about the sisters and everything you've kind of, well, some of the pages you've read about them like dropping cathedrals into the battlefield and, you know, low orbit ships um, bellowing uh, hymns to, to uh banish demons and prepare the heretics for their holy deaths about to arrive? Uh, I'd probably either want to do, like, some sort of, I don't know what, like, they have, if they have tanks, or, or, like, a, uh, like a head person. Okay, so like you... Like a Primarch, but I don't know if that's what it's called for them. No, that is a... That's usually a canonist. Mm. And she's gonna be a high-detailed model, and... Uh. Yeah, so Games Workshop, like, it's kind of a, like, I remember my parents asking, like, when they saw the models that me and my friends were using and playing with, because we were using the pool table with the leather cover on so we didn't get the felt all messed up, but they saw the models we had and thought, so what, you just pay to win in this game or whatever? And it's like, well, there's a lot of tactics involved, and, 
you know, every army has, like, strengths and weaknesses against other things, like, obviously, things that kill tanks and uh, high-armored people, like yeah. Space Marines, is not going to do very good against a swarm of my bugs. Because my bugs, like, you will obliterate one bug, but there's 20-some-odd other right behind it that are going to be running right towards you and will just uh, crush something with the sheer weight of numbers. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, you know, you get something that's more of a bug killer, but if you take that to something like a Space Marine, good luck killing them because that's going to be, you know, some very high dice rolling. Like, you're going to have to get some lucky rolls in. Yeah. Which is not to say that it is impossible, it's just it's less likely. So there's there's that whole tactics thing. Right. So Games Workshop kind of accounts for that when they make their models. They try to make sure that like these are also nicely detailed models. So this way when you pay however much, and I'm gonna ballpark here, say anywhere from like forty to sixty bucks or eighty bucks even, depending on the models, you usually get some very intricate, very high detail stuff. And the when you put them on the table, it's kind of uh you don't feel like you spent a hundred bucks for something that dies first turn every game. Uh, you the ones that are the more expensive things are usually more likely to survive and are more important in your army. Yeah. So that all being said, um, yeah. So we got we're, you're thinking of either a tank or a cannonist. Mm-hmm. I'm personally thinking that um, a tank would be a good step for you because it's a lot of model to paint, but it's that's what gives you your practice before you start working on some important um, leader models. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really cool one for those who don't know is that uh, I can't remember the name of the tank, but it's basically an artillery or it's a rocket tank that the sister in uh, controlling the rocket launcher is playing an, a pipe organ. Ah, that's cool. And out of the organ tubes actually launches the missiles that are going to go forth and smite the enemies of the Imperium. Ah, that's fun. Yeah, so there's a little bit of uh, humor with it, but also it's kind of an interesting way to incorporate more of a... Um, kind of like a... I want to say like a Roman Catholic church or like... Mm-hmm. Like ancient times when you used to go to those uh, cathedrals and you'd see that huge organ in those uh, chapels or whatever. Churches. Churches, chapels. Uh, I think they still have them. Yeah, but when you see those and you hear the bellowing noise. Yeah. Now just imagine that on the back of a treaded tank and, you know, out of eat, like when she starts really getting into the holy, the heim or hymn or whatever. Him. The hymn, the holy hymn, yeah. Sorry, uh, blasphemer here, or blasphemer. Um, here, uh, yeah, when she starts going that, it really playing the piano solo, she's launching death at her enemies. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm just kind of thinking I want to get my Iron Warriors uh, finished up and, you know, able to play with you so you can have something that's uh, a heretic for your heretic killers to go up against. Nice. But if fail that, I always have my bugs more than ready to go. And yeah, it's going to be a little bit horrifying because they are going to be numerous. They are going to be unscarable. And all your religious um, scare tactics and stuff that would make most um, traitors or non believers wet themselves. Yeah. My bugs just go, man, that's a loud noise. Try to eat you. <laughs> so, the next thing I want to talk about is actually the new rule books that have come out since I've last played. It used to be that models would move six inches and stuff like that, and it was really cool. You could choose to either have your guys stop and shoot if their guns allowed when they moved, or you could have them essentially run. Mm-hmm. Which is like you roll the dice and you see if they hobble an extra inch forward on the table or they run a full six inches so they run a whole foot on the table in their in your turn. Mm-hmm. So they're booking it. And with my bugs, I always thought that was kind of funny when I hear people talking about their guys, you know, they moved like a whole seven or eight inches kind of thing. They were really moving it. And my bugs are looking at it going, yeah, hold my caffeinated drink. I'll show you what speed is. Those, like, the bugs, not, like, they can fly, but they can also really fly. Like, there's the things called gargoyles. 
Yeah. Those were probably the most painful and annoying models I've ever had because the original ones were actually made of a metal called pewter. Mm. You had to... I kid you not, solder these things together because the wings were so wide and heavy for these tiny models that they would break off Yikes. and it would be like, well, there's still gargoyles, so just, you know, it's like, fly, my pretties, fly, snap, the wings come off. Hobble super quickly, my pretties, hobble super quickly. <laughs> I mean, super effective models for, like, closing the gap and spraying guardsmen and stuff, but, yeah, not something I'd recommend against space marines. Yeah. So against your sisters, it's kind of an interesting thing because your sisters are not as physically tough because they haven't had the physical, like in the lore, the augmentation to be like strength four, toughness four. You're strength three, toughness three. Which I know to some people are like, okay, threes are obviously less than fours, but what does that mean? Well, to me, it means that you don't punch as hard and I can don't have to punch as hard to hurt you. But the problem is your armor is still made of the same material so your sisters can, you know shrug off like even if you take like there's more potential to hurt to wound you yeah you can still roll better to survive uh, than a guardsman although the guardsman will be usually be like six to one or like five to one sister they outnumber you mm -hmm. but that's because they have you know scrap pieces of flak armor covering their chest and a like a semi bullet resistant helmet mm -hmm. where your sisters are wearing full-on like tank armor Nice. So, and also your guns are a lot better. They're, they have what we call, we used to joke around and call, uh, ang they, they were the flashlights. Mm. Because they would just be like, just strong enough to maybe hurt something. And quite often something would get, like, something would make its armor safe. It wasn't the fact that you shot something. It's the fact that you had a hundred of these shots hit the target. And eventually three or four go through and kill the, the target. Mm. So it's kind of like that. But your sisters went, you know what, let's go quality over quantity. And you took a Space Marine's bolter. And we're like, I like this design. I want to fire this. And here's the funny thing about that is that um, ever since, I, okay, when I first started doing Space Marine models, like the guns on them had the sidebores for the muzzle flare. And I thought that was cool, but they didn't have anything at the front. So I dabbed a little bit of black paint on the front to make it look like it was like the end of the barrel, like, you know, be black inside because there's no light. Um, then I found out about a trick where you use a tiny little hand drill, like a super tiny, like two millimeters, maybe just like or less than that wide. And you'd slightly just drill. You'd only have to go a little bit in like three or four mils. And then you drill through the side. It actually created a real life gun look. Nice. Yeah, and on heavy bolters, it just looks even better because it's, you know, it's like a bolter, but it's heavier, so, of course, bigger gun and stuff. Yeah. And that, it even looks even nicer on that. So Ooh. I can't wait for... You, your bolt pistols are going to be tiny, but they still need that same treatment. Yeah. And I'm still going to show you... I'll show you how to do one, but you can do the rest yourself so you can... It's all yours. I'm right. going to give you the tutorial and you can create them. Yay! So yeah, that's kind of the whole fun of it is that, uh, you know, you can do all these little tricks. Like, you don't have to do anything. Like, you could... There was one guy I played with, Max, and man, he, like, priming his models, taking the primer and, and priming them was as far as he got. He did Dark Angels, he did the Dark Angels green on them, put them on their bases, and started playing. Heck, sometimes it was kind of looking at them like, okay, well, I mean, they got their base coat down. Well, one of the things I like about it... Yep. Um, sorry if I interrupted you. No, 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 feel free. Um, I like that you can pick whatever colors you want. Yes. So, like, on the box that the models came in that you got me, it yep. had, like, a specific coloring. It was, like, white and gold and red. Yep. Was kind of... And black were kind of their main colors. Yeah. I'm not doing any of that. Yeah, like, we actually have the box right here still. Um, like, their armor is black, their robes are red, their highlights uh, on their shoulders and their face masks are white. But you, you have gone different. And we're going to save the, uh, the details of what you're doing differently um, for the Facebook oh. page. Pardon me, sorry. She had a little sneezing fit there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, that's the glorious thing about it, is that you don't you, have to stick to what's... Yeah, you can do whatever color schemes you want. 
or whatever. Like, there's nothing that says you can't do that. And that's what I like about it, because although those models on that box look really cool, and you can obviously tell someone took, like, a lot of time painting them. Yeah. And stuff, I wanted mine to be... Unique. They wanted, you want yeah. to make them yours. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm glad that you're able to do that, because then it just gives me, like, license to do what I want with them. Yeah, and even reading through the book there, uh, like, I got a since you passed out, I was uh, reading a little bit more, and I gotta say, there were some pretty cool names for some of the paint schemes and, like, the lures of them and stuff, Yeah. but since you're going with something that's completely your own creation, yeah. um, still working on a name, I was thinking of either the Sisterhood of the Dawning Sword, uh -huh. Or uh, the Order of the Dawn Rose. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, like something like that. Uh, and feel free, guys, to send us like emails or something on Facebook. Like if you think any of those names, or even maybe some of your own names of what Michelle might want to use for her unique Sisters of Battle order. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those, it's a fun thing is that when you create your own scheme and your own, like, color setup and, you know, you kind of start feeling like it's not just you're painting the model, it's like in your mind, you're imagining what this sister has gone through and what she is doing in the battlefield and she, it almost like she, like, as you create her, she creates her own life, like, it's, you know, your mind creates this story in your head of what she's doing and everything, like, and this has happened to me dozens of times where I've created many bugs and space marines and other things and thought, you know, like, what is this person doing? How would this look? Highlighting it. And then as I do that, it, there kind of comes this click in the mind where it's like, oh, so this person here would have, you know, be like this kind of guy and maybe this was like how he approaches things or maybe this bug, you know, like he's just done something so I give him a little bit of blood splatter and mm -hmm. some really, there's all kinds of cool things and scorched metal effects sorry I had a little bit of a burp kind of mid word there hmm. like classic me classic going so yeah uh, and scorched metal effects like I'll show you how to do that and you're gonna want to have flamers out the wazoo yeah, I can do that way too well okay mm -hmm. uh, but anyways so you wanted to interject something into there I don't uh... or did I derail it so fast well, I was just going to say, like, I'm using bolters in my, um, on my sisters. And I know I wanted to do kind of something where, you, like, it looked like they had just gone off. So I was kind of, you were going to show me, like, a technique even where I can kind of make it look like the bolter is. Oh, like the barrel's still, like a, like, a little bit scorching hot. Yeah, and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that and learning that technique, because I think that's going to look really cool. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of cool things that we'll, I'll definitely show you. Yeah. And you can decide whether you want to keep it or not. Like, depends on how you want to approach it. Yeah. But if you want to make these things look uh, fairly realistic and fairly actioned going on, I can. Yeah. Um, one of the most in, uh, inspiring... Uh, diorama type things I've seen someone do with the Sisters of Battle is an actual action scene where the sister had a flamethrower going and it wasn't and it was actually like a flame was coming out of the flamethrower and there's an orc right in front of her and he has his hand up trying to block the heat from getting to his face yeah and apparently the, the lady that did this diorama she actually made it look like the orc's hand is creating a shadow on his face just with paints. Nice. So there's some pretty intricate stuff for that. Like, I'm nowhere near that level of, like, this is how you do it. Mm. One of the biggest mistakes, though, is that if you ever want to brighten up your paints or you want to darken your paints in this hobby or any hobby, never, ever, ever, ever add white or black. Because that does not darken them. It just turns it into a blackish red, yellow, green, yeah. blue. Like a you muddy take, color. Yeah, you, well, yeah, yeah, like an oily color. Yeah. You want to actually throw, uh, put in a darker shade than what you're aiming for, so this way when you mix it with the lighter shade, it creates where you're aiming for. Yeah. And you've seen my changeling, one of the demons of Zinch. Yeah. 
yeah, I actually, that was my first time attempting to blend paints. So he's wearing, like, he's, all you basically see is a full robe on this guy, and he's got, like, three arms sticking out. Mm-hmm. So he's already, like, he's able to change his form to whatever he wants. He doesn't have a, he's been around for so long and changed so many times, he can't remember what he looks like. Yeah. And it gets really cool is that, um, I actually did a lot of bone work on the skull staff he has, and you actually thought it was a real piece of bone. Uh-huh. And it starts off on a kind of like a teal or light blue on the top of his head, like it's a bright color. And then I faded into a darker blue and then into like kind of a purple color. And yeah. then I actually had a metallic purple. So it kind of looks like there's mystical energy coming off of his robe. Yeah, he looks really cool. We should definitely. I gotta find him if, uh, yeah. Okay, well, as soon as you find him, we'll post a picture of him because he's definitely one of my favorite paint jobs you've ever done. Yeah, I'd much appreciated because like that, and he was just a spur of the moment. Like, what do I feel like trying out? Because I really love the lore of that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I know I didn't want to say get too much into the lore, but this guy's story actually made me want to paint this model so much. Is that an imperial palace had been deemed heretical, and they were being attacked by the dark angels, mm-hmm. and they were being besieged for days. The dark like the space marines were just about to completely crush the ruler of this planet and stop the heresy and he, the guy did, the commander didn't know what to do so the changeling appears before him and and offers him an alternative saying i can end this war for you really quickly all it will cost you is your daughter's soul mm-hmm. and this guy you know most people would think like that's my kid's life and that's my you know their ever living soul kind of thing i wouldn't do that this guy was so corrupt and self-arrogant that he was like, fine, you can have her soul. Father of the year, right? And so the demon, uh, the changeling, took her soul and gave him a device that had a button on it. So he said, push that button and the war will be over shortly. So then the demon disappears and he's looking at it like, okay, I'll push the button. He pushes the button, a light starts blinking. All of a sudden, six Death Watch Terminators... Uh, appear uh, surrounding him all ready to strike yeah he didn't last longer than three seconds after that yikes so and the the changeling kept his word he ended the war quickly for the guy he just didn't say he'd survive and the price like you know for that outcome was obviously way too high but hey, you know that's the whole like the um, Lord of Lies and Changer, uh, Deceiver, uh, Changer of Fates and stuff. Like that's just the way he is. It's like when you think he's talking about, yeah, I can make you win this war. He didn't say that. He said he could end the war. Yeah. So, yeah, like when I I heard that story, I thought, man, this this model is just such a maniacal. Like you can't trust a demon ever but this was an, a level of awesome treachery and miss like war play with wording mm-hmm. that i just absolutely loved nice and yeah also um just an fyi i have a, a thing called a brush on primer because now here's where some people would call me heretical I prime the models while they're on the spurs. Like when you pull them out of the box, there's a the whole assembly kit thing where you have to cut the models off the little spur things to, you know, create your model. Some people cut them off and then, you know, glue the model together, put some sticky tack onto something, and then prime them as a whole thing. But personally, I find that when you do that, it's hard to get the little tiny details, mm-hmm. even if it's not going to be too easily seen. Yeah. So it just kind of feels like you're just doing what would essentially be you're cleaning your room, but all you did was make your bed and throw everything in the closet. Yeah. Like it's the room's kind of looks clean, but it's not has not been like vacuumed and has not been dusted or anything, hasn't had that good full cleaning. Mm-hmm. So I like to do cut them like prime them on the spurs, cut them off, touch them up with a little brush on primer, complete that. Yeah. Now, the reason for the primer is because these models, and this is one lesson I learned the hard way, was that when they come from the factory, they have kind of like a oily film almost kind of thing to them, or like a water resistance to them. Yeah. 
that when you try to use any water-based paints on them, it just runs right off. It does not oh. spread very well. My first bugs look pretty atrocious. Oh, I'm sorry. It was all lessons I had to learn the hard way because, you know, it was like I was 17, 16, 17 years old, and I was, you know, I was like, I got a box of these five Tyranid, and I want to start painting them. So, it was, fortunately, it was like a very small amount of models, but once I learned what I was doing wrong, I was able to start doing them right. Yeah. And, yeah, so I know you were kind of confused when we started priming up your models, because you weren't sure really why it was so important to take them from the gray color that they come out of the box to making them look jet black. Yeah. And I kind of explained that, was that that's the important thing about, like, it brushes on the color, like, I'm sure you've noticed how smoothly that paint spreads over. Yeah. Whereas, if we hadn't done that, you would have had all the edges, like, not... It would have been like water drops on a piece of um, saran wrap or something. Do we have a ghost? No, it's a bit windy out and uh, the bedroom door wasn't closed all the way. Would you mind? We'll just be back in a second. Okay, there we go. You took care of the ghost. I mean, the windy door. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just looking out the window and the trees are rustling pretty. Oh! Yep, they are. <laughs> yeah, so... Also, an interesting thing that uh, I can't wait to see in uh, your models is normally I go with just like a, what's called static grass. It's kind of like uh, you take some Elmer's glue and you just kind of uh, like put some of uh, that on the base of the model, like where the model's going to stand, and you kind of sprinkle it on like you're kind of uh, doing like a uh, seasoning. Uh-huh. And it just falls through the air and then it just lands sporadically in the glue. Yeah. Creates a realistic kind of grass look. You decided to get some actually pretty unique looking stuff that's actually got some, it's like neon pink and purple uh, grass as well as some, I think it was blue and something yeah. else? just blue. Oh, just blue. Yeah, yeah, so you wanted to create a very alien world looking like kind of grasses around your uh, seraphim, is that how you say that right? Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to do that just because, um, I don't know, I just feel like I didn't want it to look like, like, everything takes place, obviously, in space. Yep. But I didn't want it to look like they were just on, like, a normal Earth-type planet. I wanted it to look like they were on some cool-ass planet. Yeah, that's fair. Because, so. uh, also, just like me, when I was first, uh, starting off painting and making these models, I, uh, wanted my bugs to look like they had eaten the entire world. You are the last uh, holdout that's trying to resist the inevitable hunger of the swarm. Mm -hmm. So I took some uh, grayish gravel rocks from like a train model set yeah. and made the bases all look like that. Now, it does look pretty cool for creating just a dead world kind of look on their bases, uh -huh. but it's it feels so very minimalistic. Yeah. Like it... Uh, you know, you actually got the cool red uh, iron, or as I think it was called fine iron or whatever it was. Yeah, it was something like that, gravel. Yeah, and it, so it's like a red gravel, and it's going to have this unique, funky-looking grass, and mm -hmm. they're going to look uh, like they're definitely on a place that mankind has never been before. Yeah! Um, so yeah, there's the whole aspect of that. Um, oh, and I just can't, uh, I just can't wait for... Um, with my bugs, yeah. there's a thing called a Carnifex. Now, I don't think you know what that is. Nope. Okay, so a Carnifex is essentially, like, it used to be, when I first started, the biggest of the big bugs. You see one of these things coming, you're, the tanks start crying. Yeah. Because these things run into tanks, full steam, grap uh, grapple them with all four arms, and their jaw bites into the side of it, and they eat everything inside till it explodes. Right. Um, yeah, so the rules have kind of changed a little bit in most regards, but yeah, generally speaking, uh, the, 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 the Carnifex is still the, the tank killer. My uh, personal favorite uh, story, actually, with uh, Carnifex was one guy had a tank with plasma guns on it. Mm -hmm. It was essentially a big bug killer. And he drove around the corner... And he locked all three barrels onto my Carnifex. And, of course, I called um, this Carnifex Fluffy. Mm -hmm. Because he has uh, two crushing claws, which look like crab claws. Yeah. And two scything talons that look like just like big Grim Reaper scything claws. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, so poor little Fluffy there, like, he had, like, I think one wound left. He was on the verge of dying. And this tank pulls around the corner, points all guns at him, and fires. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I think he missed with one of, like, maybe he had, th- no, I think it was like he had four shots. Missed with one. And I always gave my Carnifex the extended uh, Chidian, as it's called, mm-hmm. in the book. And so it made him a little bit tougher. So this guy needed to roll a single three to kill this bug. Yeah. Poor Fluffy he was not looking good. And his, there's the, these plasma guns eat through his armor. He had a two plus, and I mean, I know to most people that doesn't mean much, but that meant like he had really tough armor. Yeah. But the plasma guns didn't care, so they were uh, about to blast him to uh, a gooey paste, and just all three shots did nothing. He did not roll a single killing shot. Wow. And so my turn came around, and Fluffy was like, "Friend, crunch." <laughs> that tank was gone. I think the tank actually exploded and blew up uh, in front of Fluffy, and he died. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, but but Fluffy did good. Yeah, right on. Good job, Fluffy. Yeah, no, that sounds like a really exciting battle, though. Yeah, there there have been uh, many good stories that uh, kind of reflect on and think about all the fun that I've had uh, playing that game. Yeah. And it's actually kind of amazing how... You play that game for like three or four hours, and it doesn't really feel like it's been that long because once you've created your army and you actually kind of get into the whole lore of it and, you know, you know what you're kind of doing, it feels more like a turn-based strategy game on a computer, but your mind is the computer, and that's the thing that actually really gets the brain juices going that a lot of... uh, you know, like, I remember World of Warcraft was big when I started getting into this and thought, well, you know, World of Warcraft sounds fun, but all you're doing is just point, click, point, click, and, you know, doing a bunch of, like, side uh, inventory management and skill tree management and stuff. Mm-hmm. This was actually, like, you worked on every meticulous detail of both creating, like, you know, you weren't just like, well, I'll make my, you know, character on a video game look like this and, you know, use these colors. And I was like, yeah, I kind of like that. The, with the models, you can make them look exactly how you want them. Mm-hmm. There's really no limit on it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and then also, just to kind of touch on a few last topics with this, is just how... Some people, um, they really get inspired to do very uh, pre-established looks on things. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying about the Iron Warriors and the Black Templar. Like I really love the story behind those armies, and that's why my Space Marines, Chaos or Traitor, are all those ones. But my bugs, like I was kind of inspired by the purple and white uh, bone look that they had. Yeah. But I decided to go with, uh, at first it was a white and blue, because I like blue more than purple. Yeah. But then I kind of thought, you know, it just feels too kind of uh, one step offish. Yeah. So I ended up going with, um, you know, black primer for the bone type color of them, and then their shell is actually silver with blue stripes running down them. So they kind of looked race car-ish. And they actually did a zebra camouflage effect. Nice. One guy actually didn't even realize that one, two units were actually completely different ones when he thought he was just shooting at one unit. And I was like saying, he's like, okay, hey, you're shooting at this unit? And he's like, yep. And I was like, okay, you shot all these guys dead. And he's like, wait, the whole unit's dead. He's like, no, no, you overkilled that unit. The unit right beside them is a completely different one. See, these guys got the little flesh guns. These guys have the claws. Mm. And he's like, ah, oh, damn it. Like, you know, it actually surprisingly worked really well. Ah, oh, good old zebra camouflage. Yeah. You know, uh, there, that was the, another little fun thing, like, uh, generally speaking, though, nowadays, and especially with a lot of the models, like, that you'll have. Yeah. And, uh, like, that tactic would only really kind of works to a certain extent. Yeah. And, yeah, there's been some pretty cool things. Another thing to talk about with the new rules that I think is really cool, that fantasy, the Warhammer fantasy game, used to have your regiments of troops only could move so far based on their race. Like, dwarves obviously don't move very fast. Yeah. Uh, Humans can move kind of like at a moderate speed, and then, like, things like elves or whatever, they can move pretty quick. And then, of course, armies, different things have different speeds, you know, so on and so forth. The uh, new uh, 40K used to be everything moved a base six inches. 
unless they were something called slow but purposeful, mm-hmm. where you had to roll the dice to see how far something moved. Right. Whether it hobbled an inch or it hobbled a full six inches. Yeah. Sometimes it just depended. And now they actually have it where things have, there's, like, there's a set speed now. So some units will be incredibly quick on their feet running across the battlefield, where some things that are a lot heavier and have bigger guns will obviously move a lot slower. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of things to kind of take into regards to that. So there's some pretty cool stuff. Nice. Also, since last time I played, it used to be like, you know, I'd play with what was called a thousand point army or 1500 point armies, and those would be some pretty good sized battles. Now, with the new point system that they've worked in, which seems a lot more clean and nice, yeah, is people are saying that they're only doing like 75-point battles or 100-point battles. Wow. So there's a whole new point system that they're incorporated into this. Mm-hmm. So I've, got, uh, I've been able to do a, a little bit of reading into the core rule book, but there's still a lot more nuances to kind of pick up on and understand the rules and read through mm-hmm. before you and I play the game and also like I said you know we got to build you up an army you just have a squad ready to attack but yeah it ain't gonna do too well against a whole bunch of bugs yeah no that's true <laughs> even if they do have uh, bolt pistols and they're ready <coughs> to smite my bugs because they're filthy ugly xenos yeah definitely so here's a question for you okay so I've got like my seraphims yep could I also buy Iron Warriors and make that? Or do you have to stay, like, do I have to stay with my Adeptus Sororia artist? And then, if I wanted to do an Iron Warrior battalion or whatever, do that separately? Well, okay. Um, the... Ordo Sereritus, uh, or the, just the Sisters of Battle, easier to say. Yeah. Um, they are kind of like a religious. Um, yeah. Ha- yeah. They're, they're very religious. They're very they religious. With, like, but they also have the bureaucracy behind them to make things like if they want this to be law, they make it law, and everybody else has to follow. There's not really much of a democracy to it. Uh huh. So they can actually tell Space Marines to listen to them. There's a little bit of a pretty please to come along with it, but generally speaking, the Space Marines don't want that kind of trouble of messing with the Ordo, and the Ordo know that the Space Marines are a formidable force, but they should obey them, so there's a, there's a bit of tension between that, but you can have Space Marines working with you. Imperial Guard? Oh man, you can command a whole legion of Imperial Guards just to run into battlefield and get shot up because you say so, and that's right. what they'll do. Um, but the Iron Warriors are a traitor. Legion and they're traitor marines. Oh, so they'd be fighting against each other. Well, they you they wouldn't if you even said, "Hey, come fight with us." It would have to be in what's known as an apocalypse battle, mm. which apocalypse games are you they're they're so big, they don't take up an eight foot by four foot table. They take up a whole living room. Yeah, okay. you have to move couches out of the way to play this game. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that whole uh, thing right there with using. Uh, other um, armies, you can have Imperial Guard helping you guys, although they're known as the Astra Militarum now because the Imperial Guard was a lot of um, Americans, as far as I know, uh, were kind of confusing them with something to do back in the 80s, back when a guy named Saddam Hussein used to have his army was known as the Imperial Guard. Mm. But of course... You know, the Imperium of a Man, and of course the Guardsmen are guarding on every world and fighting in his name. So, of course, they're the Imperial Guard. But they to, to, to avoid any political and, you know, any kind of issues with, you know, what's happened in history and how people yeah. think of things, they just, the books are now the Astra Militarum. But anybody who knows, it's like, Astra Milla, what? Boy, this is the Guard. <laughs> so, there's that whole thing with their name. So, if you wanted to, I mean, you could use uh, the the models I have painted up as a Black Templar to assist your Sisters of Battle, but yeah. I don't have a lot of those painted up. No, no, I was just wondering, because, like, I don't know how I want to build my army yet, right? But if I wanted to do whatever, so a bunch with the Sisters, and then do some of, like, another 
one I could or whatever, if that's what I chose. Yeah, you could uh, fully get make uh, buy yourself a box set of Imperial Guardsmen, paint them all up. I mean, get make sure they have the brown trousers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, have them be a support squad for your sisters. Yeah. Cool. Uh, there's a whole bunch of intricate models before you start thinking about incorporating other armies' uh, units into yours. I'm just saying because yeah. that you have so many unique and creative options on your side yeah. that the guardsmen would be good against having, like, if you're facing off against bugs or orcs or something. Uh -huh. But if you're facing off against something more like um, Chaos Space Marines... Yeah. You know, uh, the best uh, the best thing to kill a space marine is another space marine. Yeah. So, I mean, your sisters will do pretty good with their guns and everything, but they're not as strong and tough as a regular space marine. So, space marine on space marine is pretty violent and bloody action. Yeah. No, definitely. So, that being said, um, yeah, like I, I, I picked up the new core rule book and I've just been... And that was about a month ago, and I've just been chomping at the bit to do another episode about this. But yeah. I needed to read more, paint more, and actually have some material to talk about. Because yeah. we can definitely do another one on, like, say, Star Wars or something. Because we're looking forward to The Mandalorian Season 2 coming out soon. Yep. We're looking forward to a show called Big Mouth coming out. We're not sure if we're going to touch on that one. Yeah. Uh, we still want to do one on, like... Uh, potentially YouTubers, Disney. Uh, we want to do one on Magic the Gathering. Yeah. But uh, we're, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, definitely down coming down the pipeline. We just uh, got to figure out what we're uh, sending first. Exactly. So thank you everybody so much for tuning in and uh, listening to our nerdiness on this hobby. And hopefully other people get inspired to maybe pick up a book or pick up a paintbrush and give... Uh, some painting attempts their, themselves. Yeah. Because I know Michelle, for somebody who has not been uh, very experienced in painting or anything, she is uh, very energetic to get her sisters all done up and make them look how she wants. And I'm looking very forward to seeing what they look like in the end. It's going to be quite exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, and that does it for today. And just remember, guys, no matter what your thing is or what you're into... At the end of the day, we're all just a little nerdy.